0: Last week, we had 1,100 new registered COVID infections in Luxembourg. Phase two of the Grand Duchy's vaccination campaign is set to get underway this week and invites will be sent to residents who fall into one of two categories. First, the over 75s will be called, starting with the oldest. A second group of vulnerable people will also be called. This includes cancer patients and transplant patients. I'm joined by Health Minister Paulette Lennart. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Welcome. Good morning.
0: Good morning. Minister, a professor at the Luxembourg Institute of Health, Marcus Allert, has quoted this week as saying the virus is currently outpacing us. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that's a good way to put it. We are just uh, in a period where, with a lot of uncertainties. And uh, we are just really like everybody's looking at science to, to get new information about uh, the new variants. Uh, that are increasing in different countries, also in Luxembourg. So it looked as if we had things under control, but uh, then all of a sudden you have new circumstances, uh, new types of uh, variants, and and we don't know that much about them.
0: The statistics published last week indicated that only 3% of our population is vaccinated and that that leaves us in the bottom four in Europe. Why is that?
1: uh, It is a lot about statistics because uh, Luxembourg chose really to save up the second dose. Those vaccines, uh, they have to be administered twice. And, and we really want to make sure that everybody has his second uh, his second vaccine uh, secured. So many countries took another decision and and just decided to speed up. With then this uncertainty, uh, if you really get sufficient sufficient vaccines uh, to do it uh, yeah. when the time is coming, the logistics are, are fine. We are just progressing uh, well in the retirement halls and so on. And there's also one difference. In Luxembourg, people uh, who are invited to the vaccination center, they just uh, can choose uh, the date uh, when they come for the vaccine. So they have uh, like eight days period of time where they can choose. So this is more convenient for people, but uh,
0: it it may be that it's just uh, that we might lose kind of a week so we actually have what we need at the moment is that correct yes we are we are
1: on, on track according to our plans of course just as the other countries uh, we had to face uh, less uh, less deliveries uh, as uh, foreseen in the beginning mm-hmm. so but but this is not specific for Luxembourg every country has to deal with this it, it's difficult to organize but there's no specific problem now uh, around uh, the quantities we get in Luxembourg it's just a general problem that production isn't following as quick as uh, as it uh, supposed to be in the beginning then.
0: so what can we expect in the next weeks phase two is going ahead the next two groups of people are being invited the over 75s and then people in the vulnerable category we currently don't vaccinate the weekends will that change
1: that we are just ready to open uh, the weekend as well as soon as we get more quantity at this stage it doesn't really make sense because uh, the missing link is uh, the quantity of vaccine so uh, it doesn't make sense to open принять up over the weekend it's not a matter of logistics it's really a matter of quantity of the vaccine that we have so Mm -hmm.
0: as soon as we will have more we we are just ready to open so in terms of phase 2 and the over 75s and that vulnerable group we have enough to go with that is that correct? yes this moment yeah Okay. things might change but it it looks as (laughs) as if we could
1: really get started and this is really a very important phase because it's concerning our elderly people and and the most vulnerable ones Mm -hmm.
0: what is the percentage take-up? I mean, I read something in the press, the new centre opening in Ash, and on Tuesday there were only 72 people there. Is that because of this eight-day window that people are given? What is the percentage uptake?
1: Yeah, you are right. This is because of the, the invitations, because they are only sent out once we get the confirmation that something is arriving, so we really wait for the written confirmation as well. This might be an explanation as well for differences with other countries because uh, it might take a little bit longer, but on the other hand, other countries had really to tell the people, I'm sorry, you, you can't get your, your vaccine uh, as uh, as it was scheduled, and, and this is really annoying as well. There are some explanations about this, but this is basically what it is about. Yes, the period is running. It's difficult to have uh, an intermediate uh, score now. With with the retirement hall, it was really high. So, it had like uh, nearly ninety percent, I think eighty seven percent of the people were willing to be uh, to get their vaccine in the centers. It's it's difficult to say. Right now, because it's still running, so we have um, yes this period of time uh, where the people can still take their rendezvous, and uh, and we noticed that uh, most of them well there's. One part they do it really right when they get the, the letter, but there's also an important part to do it really on the last day. So okay. uh, we
0: just decided not to give uh, uh, mm. intermediate scores. Of, okay, so in a, a week's time, say, we yeah. should know more from exactly that. Exactly. Ish Center. Last yeah. time we spoke, there was quite a disappointing uptake amongst healthcare workers. Did that improve any? Yes, it improved in the hospitals and did a lot of campaigning now to to get people really
1: informed and well informed through newsletters addressed really specifically to this category of people. We, of course, hope that, uh, that it will be fruitful. Yeah, there was a kind of reluctance in the beginning and, and we noticed that people really had a lot of questions because every time we, we go online or we have Facebook events uh, where the, the people from the Direction de la with during live events, just take the questions from, uh, from from the public and also from the professionals, uh, we still notice there's a huge interest. There might be reluctance and uh, the optimistic part is that, that people just seek to get informed and, and that's really the positive point about it so I think this uh, there will be some movement uh, over the next weeks uh, to this regard. I could just encourage people to come on our internet side and see what's up and, and just ask the questions uh, they have.
0: One of the projections I read was that we would have enough doses available to vaccinate about 42,000 people by the end of March. That's of uh, residents, are we still on track for that? we are still on track but we don't have this uh, final confirmation in writing so right. it, i'm just
1: confident that, that the production is speeding up because it it's such a huge production so it, 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 probably it's normal that it has some difficulties in the beginnings mm-hmm. but uh, once routine is starting it should be get better
0: um, you mentioned the the confusion and you know the different types of information that people have access to but there seems to be a lot of confusion from experts as well. I mean, at the beginning of February, new data supported by the Oxford University researchers with the AstraZeneca seemed to suggest that the UK's approach of leaving an interval of three months was not a good idea. However, we've now, Luxembourg has now decided that the time between the injections of the AstraZeneca one will be extended to eight and 12 weeks. Why, why has that been changed? Yes.
1: Well, there, there's new evidence about this. Some studies have come uh, come up. Uh, the French uh, agency has also um, uh, released an opinion uh, on these questions, and our scientific committee. Uh, has advised us uh, that this would be recommended to do. So what we just keep up with uh, with all the research that is coming, just take the decision on this. This is not a political decision. It's really based on the advice of our scientific board. We consult on these subjects and they just very recently advised us that uh, it's even better to wait. So it's not just a possibility, but the, the effect seems to be better if, uh, if it is uh, taken at a later stage. I think we have just to stay open-minded and and just be ready to adopt if there's new evidence and and I I trust the expertise of, of the Direction de la Santé.
0: The next question I had for you is really about the schools. Now, schools went to remote learning the week before the ski holiday because of the number of infections that were being discovered within schools with this new variant from, it's been called the UK variant, and then the South Africa variant, the different ones that are more transmittable. With 50% of the Luxembourg population international, didn't the government consider that people would just take off early and go home school from somewhere else and therefore increase travel? Well, I, I, I hope not, it's it's
1: just we, we just trust that, that people uh, will respect the distance uh, rule uh, wherever they are, if they travel. So the important thing about the school is that, that you have a lot of interaction in the school itself. So, and, and that's really what we noticed. It, it was out of a sudden, we, we didn't have this over the last, over the months before. Uh, and, and it was really, really specific. Uh, within a very uh, short period of time, we noticed that uh, the multiplication um, increased in in the school setting. And this was obviously, our explanation is that it was due to the interactivity in school and and this should not be comparable to uh, people staying with their family uh, even during holidays.
0: Yeah, but the evidence seems to indicate that people have gone to the ski slopes and people have gone Mm -hmm. to um, the Canary Isles. So they're obviously mixing with people there who have these new variants if people come well, back on Sunday and school starts on Monday, yeah. isn't that a bit counterproductive? Well, they need to, uh, when they travel back, they need to have, uh, when they come by
1: by airplane now, for instance, they need to have the negative test. And and we just uh, strengthen the testing strategy. So, you know, this uh, robust testing strategy is really an essential aspect uh, of our preparedness now and of our response to the whole pandemic. And uh, and this is uh, counted for the whole period, but even more now. So we were just... Uh, just uh, strengthening our efforts uh, on this uh, around the school where we are much more performant now. Uh, we have, uh, together with the Laboratoire National, the LNS, uh, the, the, the kids can be tested in school, which makes it uh, easier uh, and, and more efficient as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the people who arrive by plane, they, they really need to, when they when they check in uh, at their destination, they need to have the negative uh, test before and, and then they have another test when they come here. But I, I don't think that uh, people will mix automatically when they are on holiday. I mean, I can perfectly imagine staying with your family and, and just uh, avoiding uh, too much interaction even during your holiday. You can...
0: So if we're demanding um, negative tests boarding planes but why can't we demand a negative test for people returning by road or by rail why Why doesn't it follow through to the other transport methods
1: well it's uh, well first of all it would be really difficult to control this uh, out of our geographical situation and you have like thousands of people uh, crossing borders every day so uh, that's why we, we came up to, uh, with a solution not, not to have this for the normal uh, borders because it would just be Nearly impossible to control it here in Luxembourg, and we rely li- we rely really on, uh, on on our recommendations. So it, uh, so far the the population uh, played the game quite well. Otherwise we couldn't have had the results we had here in Luxembourg. And, and, and as I said before, I'm. I'm I'm sure that uh, once people have understood what they have to care for, uh, that they will do this as well uh, when they are abroad. I mean, everybody knows by now that the virus doesn't know boundaries. So uh, there's no reason to, uh, to abandon the, the precautions when you are in another country.
0: Mm-hmm. So how much freedom, for example, does an international school have to demand a negative test from students returning when many of them will be coming back from places mm-hmm. like Italy or Austria by car? Well,
1: this is a private school, so uh, they, they should be free to have their security rules. We get more severe as well in, in public school here in Luxembourg, especially on uh, something we noticed uh, when the people are in quarantine. Uh, they need to have this negative test on the sixth day. Many people didn't do that with our Luxembourg school. It will be compulsory. You can only come back to school if you can show that you had the test. So uh, these things are important. and. These are the kind of things we we have to to look a little bit closer at. Are people really doing the tests? Are they really observing the quarantines? Mm Because um, it's you know if you have your I don't know <laughs> a few quarantines uh, behind you it, it might become uh, tempting to
0: say well I just
1: I just, uh, just want yeah. this maybe there's no control so um, we are just checking on this as well. Yeah.
0: Just to be clear, the private schools could in fact demand that um, their students have a negative test if they have travelled, and the public schools there are, will be more testing. And I guess the rapid yes, flow testing will have, done. Yes, uh, we
1: have a very close testing uh, on, on a very regular basis uh, different rules mm-hmm. as well there will be less interaction as we noticed that there was a problem so uh, the Claude mais came up with a new uh, a new scheme mm-hmm. uh, to, to reduce the interaction mm-hmm. simply and uh, and we just have to watch really closely what happens if we can notice the speeding up uh, generally in our country it doesn't look so but but still the numbers are slightly going up we, we just yeah it's a mm. uh, it's a it's a tricky week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, uh, mm-hmm. We're just uh, looking at the next results of our screening of uh, of the, uh, the the wastewater. How do you call it now?
0: Yeah, yeah, the wastewater. Uh, yeah, the uh, sewage. Yeah, which mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: yeah, is a very good tool we have here in Luxembourg because it's give, it gives us really the overall picture. The tests are just uh, uh it's Not everybody. It's, mm-hmm. it's many people in Luxembourg, but not everybody. Whereas the other project really gives us a very good uh, overall view and and if there's something. Uh, something uh, disturbing going on. Uh, we, we are now able really to react uh, quickly. That's when, when we're looking back to October, that, that's what happened. It, it really changed color out of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Uh, it changed a few, uh, yeah, a few shades. You know, this is, it's, it's a heat map actually. It right. goes from green to, to red and uh, in october yeah there was this uh, famous week 42 Uh, there was really a switch from one week to another it turned from uh, slightly yellow greenish to to really orange And, and this it's uh, it's a big challenge just uh, to, to understand that it's not the moment to, uh, to slow down on, on the precautions. It's it's really, I really understand that people want to leave the country, they want to have holidays and, and that's in itself not a problem. The problem is just not to forget about the precautions you have to take wherever you are. It's really just
0: difficult times and everybody should really look after himself. Is there a discussion though when within the government, there is a sort of a, a, a difficulty here when Basically, we're telling people to stay home and our situation here is still such that we can only have two people from another household in our Mm -hmm. home Mm but people are able to travel. So the mm-hmm. government seems okay to tell people to stay home and really restrict their contacts, but they seem unable to p- tell people not to travel to holiday destinations, mm-hmm. which seems counterproductive.
1: We don't exactly tell the people to stay home. We still tell the people to reduce their contacts and, mm-hmm. and, and they should do this also on holiday. And, and, and I really mm-hmm. urge them to do this if mm-hmm. they are out. But the strict rules on, on your visitors at home, they should count just as well when you are on holiday. You just you should just not mix up and, and, and go to the restaurant with many people. You should just stay within your family. And, and you can do this even during your holidays.
0: It, it's but just I mean, a matter of discipline. Sure, but you, you, hopefully you see mm-hmm. the point. You know, the restaurants stay closed here, but yes. people are traveling mm-hmm. and presumably eating in restaurants somewhere else. To an extent, it exposes a lot of a lot of things. It's, it disadvantages those who cannot afford to travel. Um, it disadvantages those who are trying to do the right thing by staying here. Obviously, there are a lot of people struggling financially who. Cannot travel. Yes, it is difficult. So this is something I'm, I'm really uh, looking quite anxious. It was the case
1: already at uh, for the Christmas time. Now we, we we really look closely of what happens uh, after this uh, February holidays. Now the optimistic scenario is that people come back a little bit motivated and full of energy and just get rid of the fatigue
0: and just uh, and, and just stick to the rules wherever they are. What you're saying is you will look at what happens after after yes. this holiday. We can also look at the scenario where the infections do rise that we end up back on the blacklist of neighbouring countries and that many people here are then stranded without being able to reach elderly parents. We are then in the blacklist of other countries. So I'm assuming when you say you're looking at what's happening after this uh, holiday, we'll maybe determine what happens then for Easter. Exactly, because it's what we did uh,
1: precisely after Christmas, we really watched the data closely and that there was nothing really worrying to observe uh, from the returners. If that had been the case, probably we would have had another... Position towards February but we, we look at it closely mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's well of course I'm anxious about it <laughs> yeah. I can't I? that it's uh, yeah. it, it would be dreadful if we would just
0: uh, return uh, back to where we, we started from. yeah of course on a more optimistic note Rock Hall gigs last week they had the series Because Music Matters they used the rapid flow tests where the results are given within 30 minutes and anyone who was negative they were allowed to come into the concert at the same time they were then to go back a week later to have a second test done Mm -hmm. now this project was done in conjunction with the government so who's looking at this data
1: oh that's the health uh, the health uh, agency okay so uh, all the results are really monitored uh, by the Ministry of Health and Mm -hmm. and we have this is really one of the projects we launched in order to to get some hope also to people just uh, because we have to cope with the virus so we have to find ways to secure what we do and not just sit back. So we're really trying out all the new uh, test material we can have and and this was uh, part of it to see if the screening is really efficient. If it's efficient, we can just promote it uh, for other activities. So uh, we're just looking at ways to, to live with the virus. I mean, it's an illusion to get hundred percent rid of it during the next weeks and months. So if we want to have a, a little bit of social life, we have to really find out what is the, the best way to, to frame it and uh, what could be means to, to get this security we need. There, there's never a hundred percent security. Mm-hmm. The, the new test material we have, it, there are new methodologies and, and, and they are more secure than, than they were supposed to in the beginning. So this is what we want to find out. Uh, there was this project and we have also some new test material where you just can spit yeah. into uh, yeah, it's the saliva. saliva. <laughs> I'm really uh, looking forward to have the result of this, because if they turn out to be really uh, efficient as well, they, they might really be game changers, because it's just even much more easy to do them, uh, because now the bottleneck is really the the, the human resources we need to do the, the other tests it's yeah. expensive in yeah. general yeah so with this new generation of tests they might really be game changers and, and give us uh, new means to secure a lot of ob- opportunities hopefully arise from,
0: from these testing machines. one last question to vaccination passports what's the situation on that What uh, where do we stand
1: No, we really, at this point it, it's, it's not really at the moment because we don't have to prove that the uh, vaccination is really keeping you safe uh, 100% at this point in time there's, there's really no evidence that these full vaccinated persons can still mm-hmm. be infected or not or transmit the transmit, disease Yeah. It's just too early to even start a discussion on this. And it's important that people understand it because it it might cause a lot of frustration if it's not well understood because the vaccination, what is sure your risk to have uh, complications, to die of the virus, is really potentially Mm -hmm. reduced. Mm -hmm. At this time, there's no evidence if you can still transmit it, if you can still get it. By then, there there might be other medication or or other evidence. We should take it step by step and just understand that The vaccine, it's really to protect us and to protect other people from dying or from from getting really severe Mm -hmm. uh, consequences uh, out of this virus.
0: But it's it's not yet really the passport for
1: freedom so yeah nice.
0: and just to pick up on one thing you said there these discussions are taking place at a european level so hopefully there'll be a yes. european decision on whether yes or no with the passport because a number of countries have already come out and said well you will need this mm. passport mm. are we going to see european countries making different decisions or are we going to try and have that at a european level
1: Well, there's a lot of effort to have it done at European level, but but, you know, still it is national competencies. This pandemic really made many countries realize how important it is to be aligned. We have these open borders, that's Europe. After the pandemic, I hope really that one lesson will be that we need to to, to work more on a common preparedness, on on common responses and on common policies. Mm to this regard, there's a lot of conscience has been raised on this, and uh, it's it's difficult to act during a pandemic if it's not in place before. That that's why companies and, and countries work on what we call preparedness. So, uh, but I'm I'm I really hope that uh, at least after the pandemic uh, we will just uh, have a more systematic approach. To preparing a future pandemic in Europe and and being uh, aligned right from from the start. Sure. Because that's what was lacking uh, here. And and it's difficult to to have this alignment uh, Mm. during the action. It's a difficult setting to to get uh, to compromises.
0: Minister Lennart, thank you for taking the time to speak to us. And yeah, well, keep the faith, keep 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 checking those results with the wastewater. And uh, let's let's hope for better days in the future. Okay. Bye bye.